Blog Talk Radio. We're here. Give me the green light. Because I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. If you're going to bring back the Las Vegas franchise, it has to be outlaws. They had one of the sweetest looking logos on the helmet. Mother of God. Especially when you have a shirtless Rodney Dangerfield. God bless Rodney Dangerfield. Rest in peace. But put on a shirt, man. Don't know what you want to see that. You put that on right now. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! I'm going to have to go tell the world exactly what's on the list of Jericho. You just made the list! I want Dusty Rhodes, the legendary American dream. Well, you got all of it. You can stand, baby. Nobody runs down my people. Give me a hell yeah. What? Believe that. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the most must-listen podcast out there. Just bring it. Wrestle. Talk with the most must-listen. Technical difficulties for the start. Just bring it. Wrestling. Talk. We apologize for some of the mess-ups there, but we're still getting this thing honed together. But guess what? We are back. We are here to talk about wrestling. Remember, this is an XF Podcast production, so remember to follow us on at XF Podcast and at Wrestling Movie G at Wrestling Movie G on Twitter. Well, guys, WrestleMania is almost here. We're only a couple days away. I don't know about y'all. Getting excited, feeling a volcano. I'm going to burst. Ah, let's get into it. Raw this past week has been very eventful. A lot going on with Ronda Rousey getting closer and closer to her debut. We got Roman Reigns finally going back at it with Brock Lesnar. Did John Cena ever get an ass from The Undertaker? We're going to break it all down right now. And, of course, I got my partner, Mr. J-Dash, here with me to break it all down. J-Dash, say what's up, man. Here we go again. It's the sweet one, J Dash. 
can we actually have an intro to one of our shows that actually works for, for freaking sake? Isn't that what? Back-to-back weeks. But anyways, we like the <laughs> WWE sometimes. We do mess up on scripts, so we're not really – we like to call it professional, or we could be like, uh, let's say, Perfect Ten, a mid-card guy that's about to get thrown out. But I don't know about ten, you. Ten, we're ten. four days away from the biggest shocker in sports entertainment. And I'll discuss that in one of the previews what we do or later on the show. And – a lot of you guys won't like it, but I'm excited. I can't wait. It's almost like getting ready for the Super Bowl, but with 15 matches. So I'm pretty stoked. It does feel like the Super Bowl. It is our Super Bowl. This is like, uh, you know, for wrestling fans, this is how you renew the year. And the new year doesn't start at, you know, uh, <laughs> doesn't start January 1st. It starts after WrestleMania. That is the new year for us. Well, at least uh, free agency doesn't wait. Uh, six months it happens the next night on raw which i'm looking forward to monday night raw as well this is an awesome time to be a wrestling fan especially with the next two events uh maybe three events i may actually watch some nxt but even though i'm not big on nxt i may dip in and watch some little nxt takeover nxt takeover is always very good you can never go wrong with that every year whether it's in brooklyn or texas it's awesome so. But we should uh, we should dive right into this, you know. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Team McMahon open up the night. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good promo. I liked what they were jabbing at each other. I like how Stephanie was telling Ronda Rousey, who do you think you are? You're not walking into your world that you know. You're walking into our world. You're walking into WWE. And I like it, but I can't help but kind of laugh because Stephanie McMahon has never really been – that well known her for her wrestling. <laughs> She's a one-time women's champion, but you can't really call it a championship. That was just a McMahon thing from the late, late 90s. But I liked it. Uh, I liked how Ronda Rousey went through the table. Stephanie and Triple H did their thing. I liked it. What did you think? You knew some form and way that they were trying to get – the other side to actually have a little bit of a bragging, uh, you know, pump up. Because you could tell the, the the Raws before last week, it was always Ronda, Ronda, Kurt, Ronda, Ronda, Ronda. And you finally got Stephanie McMahon's retaliation. But the one thing that really got me, I was I was like, okay, when she said, this is, you've never been here. This is my ring. I'm like, you're just, you're talking to a woman that makes money or is known for beating the shit out other women really physically, not WWE type physically. Like I'm going to knock you out. slash I'm going to break your arm. That type of physically. Uh, it's a good storyline. I like what they're trying to do, but, uh, uh, Rhonda needs more help with Mike. She she does need a little bit of help with them. I think that she was a little bit better. The crowd really gets with her. It's kind of funny. It's, it's almost detrimental to her because she was trying to say, you know, the line, uh, which arm is it that you write with? And she couldn't even finish it because the crowd loved it so much. But at the same time, she wasn't able to finish it properly. So the people were cheering and yelling. And then she says, when I break your arm, 
and you don't really hear anything from the crowd because you know that the timing was off. So it's, it's she's such a strange animal, you know, because she'll get so many things right, but then just doesn't quite go with the tide. She's not even going to roll with it quite as well. But I'm willing to give her some slack because she's still new at this. Well, she's going to have a manager here in a couple of days, and his, and his name is going to be Paul Heyman. Um, that's my prediction because all and the recent <laughs> news, I guarantee we all seen the recent news of uh, Donna White or Dana White, whatever you want to call that freaker. He already confirmed that Brock's losing at WrestleMania and Paul Heyman's still going to be around the WWE. So expect Paul Heyman to go to Ronda, and which would not be a bad pairing because Paul Heyman is a legend on the mic, and that will help Ronda's character because Brock doesn't talk a lot. When's the last time you actually heard Brock complete a sentence in the WWE? Besides suplex, not often. Yeah, you'll hear that, or he'll be off the mic and yell something. Like he yelled something at Roman last week. I I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah, no, he'll do little things like that. But he never goes on the mic and tries to pull a rock or Stone Cold. The last time we saw that, like he challenged Goldberg, and that was just terrible. I want Goldberg. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Nobody needs like to see that. But you know what? Go back and see it. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's so cheesy. But yeah, no, uh, Ronda Rousey and Paul Heyman would be a great fit. I was hearing uh, from Dana White on Twitter. He said that, yeah, Brock Lesnar is coming back. So unfortunately, it kind of seems like a foregone conclusion that uh, he's going to lose. And, you know, I am a Roman Reigns fan, but I want to see him actually. Uh, and I want a little bit of mystery. Don't tell me right away from behind the scenes because that kind of takes the fun out of it. But we're jumping the gun on Roman and Brock. Need to get back to Ronda Rousey. Uh, well, what else, what else is there to say? Uh, the promo was cut. It was over with the crowd. And it seems like we're on a good road. Uh, I think the Triple H and Kurt Angle will be able to carry. Uh, will be able to carry not only uh, Ronda Rousey, but Stephanie. We haven't seen Stephanie really perform in the ring in a long time either. That match at WrestleMania, it depends on Kurt and Triple H. If they, Absolutely. they, can't, sell, if they can't sell that match... It's going to be this. This match better be about at the uh, two-hour mark of WrestleMania, about the, the literally the mid match. And if those two cannot sell the match, the Ronda versus Stephanie McMahon aspect of it will be uh, okay. We know it's going to happen. Well, this match sucked. Just it all comes down to Kurt and Triple H. If they can do it, you get Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21 when he took on Brock Lesnar. Or do you get the rest uh Kurt Angle from Survivor Series where I was like, dear God, don't hurt yourself. Uh, it all comes down to Triple H and Kurt, in my opinion. But you, you agreed with me, so continue. Yeah, there. no, absolutely. Uh, well, really, that brings us to uh, the battle between Bailey and Sonya Deville. Uh, I like what's been going on between Sasha and Bailey, and I know we're we're getting to the end of it after the match is over. You know, Sonya Deville. Uh, loses to uh, to Bailey, but uh, then of course she starts getting attacked by the rest of Absolution, and here comes Sasha Banks. And if Yay. you're like us, you're getting a little sick of seeing her coming out and saving her all the time. But there was something different this time. Bailey rejected the help again, but then Sasha took it upon herself to really pull a heel move by just like put her hands in her face and just really acting like the boss again. She's telling her to raise her hand. 
that's the turn that we've been looking for, and her and Bailey just went at it. And finally, the cherry has been popped. The feud is on. Let's bring on WrestleMania. I'm really looking forward to this because now I'm interested in Sasha Banks and Bailey again. If you give me the boss from Charlotte versus Sasha Banks days, yes, and I want more of it. Uh, I finally this this little team tag team pairing slash feud just you knew it was inevitable was going to happen. Just just get over with, and they finally got over with. And you're going to see them be, I guarantee you, they're going to be either the final two or the final four girls. I know there's going to be two other girls maybe in the, the Battle Royal that are, this has already been told the pre-show. Good job, WWE, for making him history. You put him on a damn pre-show. Uh, uh, I think I'm, I'm very, I'm, there's certain things about the WWE that piss me off. That's one of them. I mean, there's the other one if you listen to our past shows. About Sasha, about uh, Oscar and Charlotte, that I will lose my shit if it happens. Um, but WWE is known to do that. But thank God we're getting the real Sasha Banks back. Thank God. Bailey, okay, your g- hugs gimmick is getting pretty useless in my opinion. Uh, send Bailey to SmackDown. She'll do better over there. Uh, just thank God we're getting the real Sasha Banks finally. Well, that's why I got from. So thank God. Yes. I'm not sure if Bailey needs to go on SmackDown. But what they need to do is just make Bailey more relatable. I mean, for a while, it was really cool and fun that she's doing the whole thing with the kids and the uh, wacky, inflatable, goofy men, whatever the heck those things are. Oh, got to sound like an old man there. But yeah, like the Flappy, whole thing. inflatable just... um, balloon man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's they, a family decided... guy. Or, or, uh, yeah, family guy. Yeah, that is where that started. Uh, like they they try to push that and the kids loved it, but at the end of the day, you got a lot of wrestling fans such as myself and Jade Asher who you know might like that. Hey, cool for the kids, but you need to build the character. It can't be like that forever. And they've really been struggling with what to do with her. But I don't know. They need to make her a little tougher. Maybe she changes up the colors on her outfit. Maybe she's not so bright. Maybe she needs to wear kind of like uh, something like what Finn Balor is doing. I don't know what they're doing with Finn Balor's gear, wearing all this all blue stuff when he looks so cool in the all black. But with Bailey, yeah, there's just something that they need to do to make her more relatable. That's the biggest problem that she's had. Uh, with Boss, the, you know, uh, with Sasha Banks, yeah, just make her the top biatch, you know, just have her go around kicking everybody's ass and not uh, care what anybody thinks. Because at the end of the day, you really want to be the boss. Well, most people don't like their boss. So you have to make that a villain right away. And now it looks like she's on track for that. And this fight is going to be awesome. But the fight of the night, bar none, on Raw this past week, was Finn and Balor versus Seth Rollins. This match was awesome. There's no other way to put it. This match was just fantastic. They just tore the house down. And yes. I don't know how to describe this match, but it was... You can give me Seth Rollins and Finn Balor at WrestleMania by yourself. Do it. The Miz is uh, a nice cherry on the top, but it's starting to look like the Miz is going to be off the the TV or WWE's uh, landscape here for a couple of weeks. I do think he's going to go to spend time with his new daughter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Which congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Should he be listening? Uh, I've been reading a lot of. Congratulations. I've been reading a lot of rumors that there's uh, a Samoa Joe possibly sighting returning. Um, and we do know Samoa Joe still has unfinished business with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. So and Roman. I love the match and Roman. And I love the match. It was epic. These two guys really are. Uh, if they were, if them two were battling for the Intercontinental Tie by themselves, it's a must-watch match, and it could be one of the best matches at WrestleMania itself. I just liked the match. It was entertaining, and when you have entertaining matches before WrestleMania, it helps. Oh, immensely. They're like little previews. They're they're pretty much the the teaser trailers, and they could very well steal the show. They made me really nervous though when uh, I I can't remember if it was Finn or Seth. Uh, they they tried to pick him up, and it, it looked like uh, Seth was going to throw Finn into the into the corner of the um, of, of the barricade. And I thought that they were actually going to go for that move again. I was like, no, 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 no. That's how he got hurt in the first place. Don't do that. And then, of course, Finn Balor got out of it. And I know what they were doing. They were just they were trying to mess with us. Like, oh, you think we're going to do it again? <laughs> no, we're just kidding. <laughs> that part was probably, like, the best part of it all. It's like an Easter egg inside of it. I love looking for those little things in wrestling where they mess with you saying, oh, you remember when this happened? Oh, no, we're not doing it again. They just pulled the rug right under you. Uh, the Miz on commentary was also fascinating. He sounded so nice. I'd never heard such good words of goodwill out of the man's mouth before. It didn't seem forced. I actually thought for a moment he was serious. Uh, I think he was in a different type of mood on Raw. Uh, you can kind of, with his birth of his uh, daughter, you kind of, you could tell that the WWE was, was trying to tell him to, you know, play off your emotions. You're not going to do anything tonight. Play off your emotions. Do whatever you want. He does. The Miz is awesome. Just yeah, of course, uh, awesome. Uh, the, the Miz by himself. The Miz. Miz kind of cut out there. Yeah, I, I know. The Miz <laughs> is great on the mic. His character is awesome. Everyone hates him because you love him so much. He sells his character. And what he did on Monday Night Raw was just classic Miz. Yeah, these two guys are cool. Yeah, thank you, Mom. Thank you, uh, Michael. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Then at the end of the match, he's standing on top of the table holding the belt. So He definitely went I- all heel at the very end. It's like he almost forgot he was breaking character the whole time. Like, oh, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be a heel. Let me strike a pose. Yeah, so that's... That's the Miz as best, but I do think the Miz will not be with us for a couple of weeks after Mania. That's my prediction. As he shouldn't be. He needs to be there for his kid. And I think the WWE completely would understand. But uh, here's the next thing that comes up, I don't. it's either one of the best segments or worst segments I've seen in a long time. Braun Strowman announces his partner, Brains. Strowman. I wonder who wrote and came up with this idea. Looking at you, Vinnie Mac. Oh, Vince, and your silly sense of humor. (laughs) 
I thought it was actually pretty funny when he came, when Braun Strowman goes and to find his partner, and he comes out in just a white T-shirt and glasses, and is saying that he's Braun Strowman's brother. It was absolutely ridiculous, but you cannot deny that it was entertaining. But I ask you, Jade Ash, do you think that these sort of things are hurting Braun Strowman's character? Because you can go back to the uh, the, the Symphony of Destruction. When he pulled out, uh, you know, uh, the musical instrument, he it was really funny, but it kind of feels to me like they're opening the floodgates. Do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing for Braun Strowman? Uh, depends on what type of character or wrestler they're trying to bring back or introduce or put in a twine with Braun. He, I've always thought with this little thing about him being a tag team division was kind of neat, but then it's starting to become like it's a double-edged sword. You can either ruin this guy or you could put him over, even though he's already over. Honestly, I just, I would love to see him with Elias again, just two enemies unite to become like this generation's version of Kane and uh, and Kevin, uh, um, Daniel Bryan, I almost said Kevin Owens. Um, <laughs> That would have been awesome. The, the yes no movement and have uh have Braun Strowman and Elias win the tag team titles and have them have still continued their feud, but even though they're, you know, tag team champions, I can see that happening and uh I just like the bar holding the belts for some odd reason. I don't it know why right. too. Well you got two guys that have been at it for a long time. They're both incredibly talented, Cesaro and Sheamus, and for a long time they were not getting their due. Cesaro at uh, one point wanted to go to SmackDown. He wanted out of there, and then they offered him uh, the partnership with Sheamus, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to do it, and neither did Sheamus in in real life because Sheamus had just been WWE champion. So for him, like to now become a tag team champion, it wasn't enough for him. He kind of wanted to go on and do his own thing. But it's funny how life imitates art, and vice versa. The two started really getting along, and they really had great chemistry in the ring. You know, like Sheamus is the is the brawn, and Cesaro he's the athletic guy. He's you know the aerial dude with the with the uppercuts. So they complement each other very well. And what you're saying about Braun Strowman and Elias, I think would actually go really well together. Uh, kind of like, oh yeah. I guess Bray Wyatt is coming to my mind, but it, this would be like a tag team you've never seen before, especially if they're both playing instruments. But I'm not sure if that's truly the way you want to go with Braun, because what worries me about him playing uh, with instruments and looking all nerdy and saying, I'm brains and bronze Strowman, it kind of, I guess, demystifies him. It doesn't make him seem as big a monster because now you can actually get some chuckles in and some laughs in, whereas for the last year and a half, He's been on a complete tear. I'm not finished with you and sending people to the hospital. And now you have him playing brains. Stroman seems like a really sharp turn, but he's very entertaining. He's very funny. As of right now, I think that it's working, but they better not do it. They better not drown him. Like I said, it's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. Either ride with it or you're going to die with it. And if you die with it, you better hope you get reincarnated like the great Woken Matt Hardy. And Matt Hardy had himself a match against Goldust. And a pretty 
pretty all right match. Uh, it wasn't nothing special. Uh, it was nice to see Goldust and Matt Hardy together. I mean, it was the last time you saw these two guys fight. It was probably like in the early, early mid-2000s. It has been a while. Did you like this match at all? Was it just throwaway? What would you think? Mm-hmm. I see that they're getting Goldust back into the ring more often lately. Uh, I'm still wondering where Bray Wyatt's at. That's my Uh, question. It seems like he's going to be getting repackaged. Yeah, and the things I've been reading and listening to is repackaged as the new Undertaker, which is strange. Anyways. Yeah, I've heard that rumor. I've heard that rumor. Oh, God, no, they can't do that. They already tried that before with fake Undertaker, fake Kane. Like, really? You got to, they really I, think I, the third I, time I know, charm? Off, I know this is off script, but John Cena will go out in the ring against on Raw. I'm not on Raw. Not on WrestleMania, WrestleMania. saying I'm a fan and I'm here to shine, wah, wah, wah. And you're going to hear the doing. You're going to hear the freaking the bell and the thing's going to get dark. And you're going to see a guy stand in the middle of the ring. And look with the cape and the hat on, and you look at it, and you can see it's Bray Wyatt, but they're going to play like he is the reincarnation of The Undertaker. Undertaker retook the form of Bray Wyatt. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, ah, so he lost five inches and gained about 45 pounds? Doesn't seem like a really good transition. No. But you know, then it's... Mr. Abigail will be gone. But that's something unique, but. I was just thinking the the best thing that they could do if it's not going to be the Undertaker, if you're going to troll, just go all the way and pull a Dolph Ziggler. Just have Dolph Ziggler come out and do that again. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to have the Undertaker, at least do that. They would have a, it would get a really good chuckle out of me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this match, uh, obviously, you know, we're already we've already talked past it. It was all right. Uh, I thought it was a nice bit of nostalgia. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it was. Really nothing special. But at the very, very end, uh, Matt Hardy starts going up to the Andre the Giant uh, a trophy, and he starts talking to it. These are the little things about Matt Hardy that make this whole Woken gimmick fantastic. He just starts talking to it <laughs> persistently. Yeah. And now, yeah. What are they going to yeah. do with him? Who the hell knows? <laughs> but uh, John Cena, let's move on to Cena and The Undertaker. Well, man, I got to say, I'm not looking forward to this match if it does happen. If The Undertaker does come out to face Cena, I really, uh, I get the feeling it's going to happen. But if it does, at least we got a really good promo. Uh, the last couple of weeks, got to give Cena a lot of props. He's been doing fantastic work on the mic. Uh, the first, the first time that he called out Taker, didn't really care for it. Then the next week, all right, we're getting the summer. And the other night, he almost had me really believing in this match. Almost had me. But I got to give him a lot of props. Cena is selling the hell out of this. He's trying real hard. But it just felt so strange that Taker didn't come out. Got the blue balls, man. It, he, he didn't come out. What's up with that? What are they going to do happen. with him? Why would they waste their time doing this? It just doesn't make any sense. If they're not going to have them come out, why are they wasting their time? To make you buy the pay-per-view. 
but yet they're giving it out for free. <laughs> 30 if days, the WWE. WWE Network. <laughs> Please we'll stick around. <laughs> it's amazing how high those numbers climb. A lot of people get it for that one month, and then <laughs> the numbers do dip off. But uh, after this WrestleMania, uh, they are projected to finally cross that 2 million mark, unless my uh, my sources are incorrect. Sucks, but what can you do? Oh, we're just gonna have to watch it over WrestleMania, and that's gonna be that. And next, unfortunately, I gotta see another bit of a throwaway match Elias and Heath Slater. Love Heath Slater, love Elias. This match to me wasn't really much. Did you see anything in it that I missed? Do you think? Mm. No, honestly. <laughs> It was one of those matches where you'd sit in there watching, then you'd start looking on your phone and looking at Twitter and Facebook, and by the time you looked up, you're during commercial breaks. So, uh, I hate when the WWE does this when they they're building up a character like Elias or Bray Wyatt or Baron Corbin or uh, Big Cass when he was coming up, and they give them these little no-name matches where you know they're going to win, and all of a sudden they just either throw them away or you don't see them again. Um, Elias should be in the thick of the tag team um, storyline with uh, Braun. Um, it's a waste of a talent, and WWE is known to do that. And I felt like this match was a throwaway to just kill time, in my opinion. Yeah, all three of the guys in there, Rhino, Slater, Elias, all of them kind of suffered from this. But, I mean, it's not like a deal breaker for him. It's not going to really hurt their momentum. Not that he Slater or Rhino had any to begin with. I don't understand why Rhino's just being used up like a wet piece of toilet paper. They really don't seem to care to do anything with him, even though he can still physically perform. But that's a conversation for another day. Uh, Man, it just is what it is. It's unfortunate. But, yeah. But Dana Brooke, my girl, Dana Brooke, finally caught a break. She got to wrestle with Asuka against Alexa Bliss and Mickey James the six-time women's champion who just can't seem to get a break, even though she is with Alexa Bliss. I like this match quite a bit, and I was very happy to see Dana Brooke get her due. She's looking so much better. You know, her ring psychology is doubled. I think that if she could be the next up-and-comer if they take their time with her. Uh, we haven't really seen her talk in the mic in a while, though, so there's there's still a lot to be looked at with Dana. Uh, but I think that she could definitely do it. Just give her time. You know, like Nia Jax took her a while. Just give her some momentum, and there you go. you got to let your talent grow at a, at a decent pace. But did this uh, give you any more excitement for anything coming up at WrestleMania? What did you think of this? I match? was just... I was just watching this match to see how they're going to do the storyline with Nia Jax and Mickey James and Alexa. That was basically mm-hmm. what I was really looking forward to. Uh, but besides from the match, it's you know it's not often where you can actually watch a women's match now and go, "Geez, Louise, this is god awful." All these women matches are being very, very competitive. They're entertaining to watch, and hey, and it's. The WWE's, you know, has struck gold in this department. I like the match, no matter what. And like what you say about your girl, uh, Alexa Bliss, in my opinion, is uh, I don't know, 
her, Sasha Banks, their, their heel characters, yeah, they Are sell vicious. it pretty good. They're they're awesome. Uh, but there is, uh, for, I think it's uh, What Culture Wrestling. Uh, they mm-hmm. reported that uh, Love them. Uh, they were, I forgot the guy's name. They were talking about relationships in the background, behind stage. You know, you had Bella and Cena. You had Dan Bryan and the other Bella. Bree. Yeah, and you have, uh, uh, who's the... Big cast the, with uh, Carmella. Carmella. Uh, Dean Ambrose and... Renee. Renee. Renee Young. And the other... And the other one, which I'm stunned, Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman is a rumored Wait, couple. For real? Yes. That would be amazing. Man, I'm like, <laughs> team little big, and now looking at them, I'm like, they actually have pretty good chemistry. And how, you know, have you watched the, the Mixed Max Challenge over the past couple of weeks and you saw them wrestle? it. It's just kind of interesting. I'm like, wow, that's actually come to think of it, that's a pretty good rumor, and I'm just surprised that no one's talked about it. And that's a, just maybe like Alexa Bliss, and now going, huh? Braun Strowman, give me some props, boy. Damn. But besides from that, the women's matches was great. Yeah, I really liked it a lot too. Brooke. With the thumbs up. Uh, Nia Jax, they did run the interview. They continue to knock that out of the park. I'm loving this buildup. I want to see Nia Jax destroy Alexa. Uh, that's going to be so much fun. I wonder if it's going to be a squash or they're going to keep it going for a while. I wouldn't really think. That, in, in this case, I, I don't usually like squash matches, but I think that for this case, it would probably be the right move. Everybody wants to see Nia Jax just destroy here, and it would be the ultimate payoff. A lot of times people want to see something, you know, like like uh, Roman and Brock, which we will get to next. Nobody wants to see a squash of that. We want to see a brawling, just balls-to-the-wall kind of match. But what, what Alexa Bliss has done to Nia Jax is just so screwed up and it's just so vile and mean. You want to see her just get completely wrecked. So that, I think, will be... You know what? I think I'm going to go with that. That'll probably be my prediction. I think that uh, Nia Jax is going to squash Alexa Bliss. But let us get to... No pun intended. (laughs) We're going to bring on down the big dog. Roman Reigns. Segment of the night against Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman. God, that dude is the best salesman ever. His uh, his little interview that he had with uh, Kurt Angle, just absolute gold. We'll take your advice uh, under advisement, Kurt Angle. Uh, I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. Roman Reigns coming down after hearing uh, Paul Heyman just call him out, saying that Brock Lesnar makes Roman his bitch. Wow, that was just going too far. I like the way that he worked with the uh, with the guys in the back, with Apollo Crews and everybody there. They all just made room for him to get through. Because, uh, you know, if you missed it, he wasn't supposed to go up and go at Brock. Kurt Angle wants to protect the main event. And Roman says, if that guy calls me out, 
shows no respect. I'm going out there. And that's what he did. He lays down the Superman punches on Brock. Brock is laid out. But then for a split second, he's able to, to uh, sneak up on Roman, drop the F5. And the two of them finish off the night, both hurting. It looked like Brock won the night overall. But you could tell that he was still hurting for what Roman was able to do to him. I'm excited for this. This is the match of the night for me. Even if you hate Roman, you can't deny that these two aren't. Are, you can't deny these guys aren't going to have chemistry. And if the last match that they had at uh, WrestleMania a few years ago is anything to go by, they're going to be even better this time. If, let's say this, if Paul Heyman can keep doing what he's doing, he can sell any match anywhere, anytime, any day. Crap, he can sell spoiled milk to a little kid, and the kid will drink it. Because and say thank you. And say thank you. And that's how damn good of something it is. You needed some type of story or plot in this Roman versus Brock thing to try and sell it as much as you can because you already hear the rumors and situations that are exiting uh, the outside the WWE with Brock heading to the UFC. Mm-hmm. I liked how it finished. Honestly, I didn't want to see like Roman Reigns standing the top, uh, standing above Brock, and you see the WrestleMania sign in the background. That's too uh, cliche, if you want to say. Uh, I agree. But having both of them on the ground just makes it like, oh dear God, uh, what's actually going to happen? And you didn't have like a clear winner in this, and it's to a point where Brock, even though it sounds like he is on his way out. Of the WWE, he doesn't. He's not performing like he's on the way out. And I like how Brock is being very professional about this. And people may hate him again if he goes to the USC, but whatever. Who cares? He'll come back. Um, Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar does. Yeah, they could have done something more, in my opinion, for this match or this segment. But how they ended Raw makes you want to tune in Sunday at 7 o'clock East Coast time, 4 p.m. Pacific, for WrestleMania 34. So it was a good way to end Raw, in my opinion. And it just builds up that storyline to Roman and Brock, which you should. You can't really do any any more because you're running out of time. And it was his best way to do it. And the Kurt Angle thing about protecting the main event, yeah, we'll care. Who cares? Whatever. Just get out of the way, Kurt Angle. You, you're too busy trying to see if you're going to actually wrestle a good match in yourself. So, anyways. It did. Uh, <laughs> the best thing about the whole Kurt Angle thing before we moved to SmackDown was how everybody was just calling him out for losing his balls or selling his Olympic gold medals. <laughs> Everybody was just insulting him the whole night. I almost felt a little bad. Not only does he get a microphone hit it upside his head, but he has to go back to the locker room and be insulted by everybody. It's very comical to me. But uh, we go from comical to heartwarming because Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon kicked off SmackDown and were able to hug things out, set their differences aside, and finally reconcile because Shane McMahon could finally tell Daniel Bryan, I told you so. How happy are you to see Daniel Bryan back? I've always been a little uh, hit or miss with Daniel Bryan. Nah, I w- 
the Yes movie was awesome. I liked it when he was, you know, on the rise. Uh, but I just don't want Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. I just that just Shane McMahon's getting too old on me. If you if you if you catch my drift. I love yes, Shane McMahon. I think he he still has some uh, he still got some gas left in the tank. He's still very over the with the fans. Jump off of this time. You don't want to see I, that. And I guarantee you're gonna get the trash can and the from uh, uh, almost the pylon to pylon. Um, there's my football talk in there. Uh, Down from, near the pylon. Uh, from turnbuckle to turnbuckle, you're gonna see that. Uh, I honestly see this is just me. I see Kevin Owens and Zane winning at Mania, and then them two going to Raw. I would actually like to see uh, if Shane gets sent over to Raw with his tail between his legs. You know that that's going to cause some sort of rivalry between him and Stephanie. Yeah, I hope that they would do that. But I don't know. Like back in the day when Stephanie and Shane would feud. Like it, it would be ongoing. A lot of people thought that it was overbearing, but I think that now when you have these kind of things with like McFoley going against Shane, like nothing really, nothing ever really happened. It was just so, yeah, it's kind of here. It's kind of there. Oh, let's go watch these other matches. But when you have something going on with management at the top of the food chain of that particular program, you think that, that would probably be the most important thing that's going on. I wish that if they were to have Stephanie and Shane go at it for a few months up until a pay-per-view, that it would actually be kind of like in your face. I want more of that. I never thought I'd actually say that, but I do want a little bit more McMahons in my SmackDown. I kind of miss it. I really do. Uh, if if uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens happen to get fired, I think it's pretty obvious where they're going to go. They're going to go to WCW. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I forget. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, they're going to go to Raw. It's obvious. They're going to go to Raw. Uh, if not, it, I think it would actually be even crazy if they sent him back down to NXT like to kind of kickstart it because NXT has been struggling a little bit. But I, I, I guess that they would see that as a demotion. But if you were to think outside the box, there's a lot of like NXT fans that would like to see original NXT talent come back. I'm sure that there's plenty of fans that would like to see that, and I would advise WWE to think about it. Just think uh, about it. Eventually, in my opinion, NXT is going to be the third brand. I hope so. It needs it needs more. It's 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 too good to be kept down forever in the WWE network. That's something that that they might work out with Fox. I am hearing that they're inching closer and closer to that deal. Because the the price of the contract with UFC and WWE to to air the programming, uh, the prices are very similar. But WWE has the trump card. The fact that they get more viewers. Yeah. Ooh. So we'll keep you guys up to date on that. Next up on the card, two of my favorite ladies, Charlotte and Natalia, All, once again putting on another solid match. And wow, guess what? Carmella, no, so yeah, Carmella comes out once again to tease us with the money in the bank briefcase to take the title away from Charlotte. Charlotte says, fuck that, and kicks the briefcase out of the ring and proceeds to beat up on Carmella. So I, I enjoyed it. Oscar comes out, says, what's up? 
No one is ready for Oscar. But Charlotte interrupts her and says, guess what? I am ready. You don't know what's coming. Mm. What did you think of this match? Did you like Charlotte uh, versus Natalia? Me? I'm always down to see these two ladies go at it. Uh, I love Charlotte. But um, we have a caller. Mm. We actually have hey, a hey, caller. Hey. So Sweet. Maybe ask them what they think of that. 310 area code. 310 area code, hey. you're on. Just bring it wrestling talk. Hey, guys, how's it going? What's up? I'm shocked at your caller. This is good. All right. I'm, I'm like an honored guest here. This is nice. How's it going? Oh, yeah, man. It's <laughs> fantastic to doing? have you on. Great things have small beginnings, man. There we go. There we go. Um, Everything's everything's going well, yeah. I mean, I literally just tuned in. So you're you're talking SmackDown, or you're talking what are we talking? Yeah, we just went through Raw. Uh, we are basically oh. just going through everything as it goes down the card. Uh, we got through Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon just now, and we're talking the Charlotte Natalia match, where Carmella comes out with the Money in the Bank briefcase, and Oscar also comes out to say, "Hi, hi, Charlotte. What's up? What what was your opinion yeah, you of know, the match overall?" So I the I I, I glossed over the Charlotte uh, Natalia match, the match itself. So, but I could speak to the greater feud of like the Oscar Charlotte match. Go for I'd it. Say. I think uh, I think what's been refreshing and disappointing at the same time. And I guess I should actually preface this by saying I think that this WrestleMania card is probably the best WrestleMania card in many years. I can't really remember actually being excited generally match by match about a decent amount of this stuff. At least whether, whether they're great, whatever, whether every match is great or not, is not really the thing. It's just like it's interesting matchups, right? We're seeing a lot of things that are new and fresh, which is in this day and age of three hour raws, two hours, two hour SmackDowns and two pay, two, two pay-per-views a month. Like it's difficult to get new combinations. And for the most part between Oscar, Charlotte, uh, Shinsuke, AJ, to an extent in WWE. I know they've faced off, but it's been a little bit less. Like, the triple threat match, Brian and Shay. I mean, it's it, it's at least combos we haven't seen that much, and so it's... Exciting. There's a lot of variety. So, yeah, there's a lot of that, and I, I, I think that what excites me and also frustrates me about um, both Oscar Charlotte and Shinsuke uh, uh, Styles is that I was excited about the fact that they didn't try and like overcomplicate those feuds by like, you know, making it like, I don't know, Oscar slept with Ric Flair or something or like Shinsuke is like, I don't know. <laughs> they, really just, they really just made it. These are the two best wrestlers at what they do and they're fighting each other for blank. And I was excited that they took that premise. I just don't think they executed it that well, which is frustrating because I've always you, I always want them to take this more like big fight, no gimmicks approach to these matches. And they just, it was just kind of lazy. Like they didn't put enough effort into like exploring the history of these people building up, like how big of a deal it is that, you know, these two matches are occurring. And so even though I still think the matches are going to be great and the build hasn't been terrible, it's not like there's anything to point to that, Oh, this has been awful. They haven't, built up to me like how big of like a theoretical competition this is between 
just like with the with the two matches that I actually talked about. And so I think yeah, while yeah. the matches will be great, not my favorite builds, but not my least favorite builds either. No, there's far worse out there. There's far, far worse out there. Well, I but, got uh, no, you, you're making a lot of good this. points. Oh, go for it, J-Dash, man. Uh, about the Shinsuke and Asuka situation, I think the language barrier, in my opinion, has a big issue of the build up these storylines because you could tell when Asuka talks, basically, if you look over the last maybe year and a half of all of her segments, it's the same phrases. It's the, it's the English that English that she knows. Uh, Shinsuke, on the other hand, he knows the English. I think he knows it very well. And I know he speaks it very well because you see in other like matches she's done, he's done in Japan. He's speaking like not fluent English, but understandable. But they're making him his character. You see him throughout the year for, for, for him and Rusev and him and shit. Who's he faced earlier this year with the useless month of <laughs> Ryan, Junior, Jenner Mahal. Jenner Mahal, Mahal was useless. There you go. Uh, he will say segments. You're like, oh, that's cool. Yes, he, you could tell he knows it. But Asuka, I think the language barrier has a major, major issue in promoting these matches. As honestly, like me with Ronda Rousey, get her a manager and their characters will still go, you know, which way they're, which way they're going. I just think it, AJ and Shinsuke could sell anywhere you go. Those guys are awesome. I know I'm a, you know, I'm an AJ type of dude. Uh, you're Roman, of course, but oh yeah, the Oscar and Charlotte, you could tell Oscar knows little to almost none, zero English. Uh, I think the language barrier is the hurdle that the WWE is trying to go over without forcing it a down, trying to force her into situations where she can, you know, get killed by the audience. And I think the language barrier, in my opinion, is like the key issue that they're trying to, to get over at the time. But as they're how they're promoting each match is for the WrestleMania, I think the WWE is doing as best as can. Of course, you have Vince McMahon who can sell, you know, a poor kid. Uh, I really can't say that. Never mind. Um, moving on from that little, little joke I was about to say. But anyway, Vince McMahon's a great promoter. <laughs> He's one of the best ever at it. And I think they're doing it just well. But Asuka, I think the language barrier is what's holding them up. But the promotion overall view of this is awesome. And I think, like what you said, this is the best WrestleMania uh, in recent memory, uh, we were saying that last year for WrestleMania 33, and we were saying that two years ago with WrestleMania 32. I just say let's wait until this year WrestleMania is over, then let's look back at it because I really do think uh, WrestleMania 31 with Seth Rollins that was one of the best WrestleManias ever because how it ended and how it you know, every event, every game, every story if you don't have a pop at the end of the story that you know finish it off people may not like it uh so i think the thing that i like about this one and why i can actually confidently say that this is the best one at least since rock cena one is just that because wwe insists on pushing so many feuds too early and putting people in matches with each other too often and trading off victories and stuff like that. It really is. There is not a lot of situations left where you have so many unique things we've never seen before. And so 
any WrestleMania ends up being pretty good because the performers are so talented at this point that it's really hard to make a bad combination but be just between these guys. And when you see them in front of 90,000 people, it turns it up exponentially, right? So it's, it's hard to make the presentation of it actually come off as not, at the end of the day, a good show. I think, though, what we've missed in the past, right, is excitement beforehand. I think so much there's been, oh, that was better than I expected it to be because the builds haven't been that great and the combination of matches haven't been that good. This is the first one where I'm like, this is interesting. Like, almost every match that's going to show up feels like it belongs on a WrestleMania stage because they've kept these people apart from each other for such an extended period of time. Like, even Reigns, Lesnar, which, honestly, I'm not very excited about. And the problem, like, I'm not hey, watch super it. excited about that's the main event. <laughs> But, like, at the very least, at least those two haven't really touched each other in a full year. Like, at least it is not something I saw at Survivor Series and Royal Rumble and some random pay-per-view in May, right? Like, at least it's yeah, a combination they... I don't see very often. And so, like, I can kind of get over the fact that I don't – that they keep pushing rain down everyone's throat. But, Yeah. Hey, man, we're always willing to hear opinions. I know that I am in the minority. I am the big Roman guy. But I do know I'm in the minority. But we do have to keep things moving along because we're getting close to that hour mark. So now we're going to move on to Rusev and Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal is incredibly over. This is a guy that got a manager, like we were saying, with Asuka. Uh, Asuka, at some point, actually, instead of Ronda Rousey, I think that Asuka would likely get Paul Heyman as the manager, but I digress. Rusev versus Jinder Mahal was surprisingly a pretty decent match. I didn't actually think there would be much to it. Uh, Rusev is getting himself mixed into the title match. Is anybody here under the belief that Rusev day is going to be on WrestleMania? What do you guys think about that? Do you think Rusev really deserves this? Or is it a little too late for him, you know, because they have been waiting a little bit too long with this uh, Rusev day. I want to see him win it. I think that he's very deserving of it this year. I think it's, I think it's a little too late, but it's a shame that they're using his background popularity to try and spice up, which what has to be one of the more, uninteresting trip what has to be what it would have been one of the more uninteresting who cares triple threats of all time like i think this is this match would have been the version of what like the remember when they used to throw like every woman onto the show in a tag team match at the same exact time like in between the semi-main event and the main event (laughs) like i think this would have been the version of that and throwing Rusev in there, I think he does win. It's just a shame that they're using his potential popularity to spice up such a dull match rather than actually kind of going with it in a more legitimate way. No, I agree with that. What do you think, J-Dash? It's going to be glorious. And we can move on. So you got the glorious have, one winning. <laughs> I got Bobby Roode because that intro in a dome with 90,000 people will just be glorious i love rusev day just for the love of god wwe do not get gender want to be the modern day maharaja whatever you want to call a piece of crap don't make him win it please don't <laughs> oh yes that, that no we can't have that no general no. cannot win i think that they learned their lesson 
that brings us up next to the eight-man tag team match. Uh, I feel so terrible saying this. I didn't really care much for it. Everybody in here, including Baron Corbin, just felt like it, they were thrown in. I know they're trying to push the Andre the Giant Memorial and all that, but it just didn't really work for me. I, I like the, the Gold Dust Matt Hardy match. I, I preferred that. It was much simpler, and it didn't feel like a throwaway match to me because at the very least, at the end of it, you get to see Matt Hardy going up and having a discussion with the Andre the Giant statue, which tells you that he cares about winning it. But with this, it just didn't do anything for me. Poor Ty Dillinger. We're going to... We're going to shit on him again. Not a whole lot going on there. Uh, if there's one quick thing that I could say about that trophy, it looks so cheap. Would it kill them to just make a really genuine, shiny-looking trophy instead of this plastic-looking Andre the Giant? I hate that thing. Or you could be like the WWE. Just, hey, we're going to rename the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Rumble to the Robert E. Lee Battle Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll go well. <laughs> that will go well. Uh, the I'm fabulous sure nobody Moolah have a problem with that. <laughs> the fabulous Moolah one. I remember when they announced that. I'm like, oh dear God, here we go, here we go. WWE, you just put yourself right in front of a semi. Let's wait for the semi, and there it goes. Up, oh, it's backing up again, and there it goes I, again. I feel like <laughs> this match should be like the opposite of the King of the Ring in the sense that when someone used to win King of the Ring, it would mean like they were the next star. This should be like, this is like the <gasps> battle to crown the next lower mid Carter. You know what very well. Yourself as a low to mid Carter. Well, you know very well, there's only one King and that is King Bucca. Um, he's still <laughs> the last King of the Ring that I acknowledge in my opinion. He's, Crap, how long ago did he win the King of the Ring? Shit, that was like, what, six uh, years ago? It was like, I mean, to be dead honest. Further back like, than that. That's when the King I of the Ring was like, actually a pay-per-view. I feel yeah, like, like that's gimmick, been a while. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like this Battle Royal has dropped so low in importance that they might as well just have, like, a Well, you know who the final five guys are going to be at the Battle Royal? Huh? You know who the final five guys are going to be in the Battle the final five guys in the Battle Royal are going to be? It's the guys who you see constantly. It's going to be Corbin. It's going to be Matt Hardy. It's going to be uh, the two, the Dash and the Dash and Wilder. They're pushing them. And uh, who's the freaking other guy? Ziggler. Either Elias, either, uh, Elias and Ziggler. Those are basically the five guys you're going to see. I Maybe Big like Cat. Ziggler is back. Yeah. I feel like Ziggler is going to win this to like firmly establish that this definitely means you are like the second match on a show, no matter what, forever. I think that well, you're the main event on the pre-show. The or, or, yeah, <laughs> or the main event on the pre-show. <laughs> That's what this should be. This should be the main event. This should be a pre-show main event of Battle Royal, where if you win, it guarantees your slot as a pre-show main event for the entire year. <laughs> That'd be so cruel. If they get, at some point they need to be able to to make this actually matter, and it should matter. You're fighting for the honor of Andre the Giant, but when you just, uh, yeah, it just doesn't have a whole lot of, it doesn't have a whole lot of substance. <laughs> Did you? You win the Battle Royal, you get the number one championship. 
Did you guys see? I would like that. The, uh, 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 trophy for the women. Did you see? Did you see that? Yeah, did you it did. Like, no May Young on there. Or sorry, fabulous Moolah. No fabulous Moolah on there. It was basically a pair of panties. The top looks like a pair of panties, and before it was named. It was it was the most WWE thing of all time. It was a a battle royal named after a female pimp that and the trophy looks like a pair of women's underpants. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Speaking of no, 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 this is bringing us on to the Kevin Owens show with Sami Zayn invading SmackDown. I love this promo. This promo was just brutal, telling uh, <laughs> telling them that to all their kids that they're going to have to send them home broken men and they'll never be able to look at them the same. This was good stuff. I love hating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn now. If they do get fired, I almost want, I actually want to see them on Raw. I'd like to see what kind of what kind of problems they can cook up for Kurt Angle. Are you guys excited for this at all? I mean. I'm pretty excited about it. I, I think that I'm just happy that this weird Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon feud is over, which kind of ruined SmackDown for six months. Like the, the, the makeup made no sense, but whatever, the feud didn't make sense either. The, old, the rating I'm showed. So excited, I'm so excited for Daniel Bryan to be back. The only thing I'm slightly bummed about is I feel like, even though the Zane Owens thing is going to be good, like I would have absolutely just loved to see uh, – Balor Rollins become a singles match and just like made the Miz Bryan match happen because I feel like Daniel Bryan's going to move on to bigger and better things. The, the Miz Bryan match will probably now happen at some like mid tier pay per view. Maybe it'll happen at SummerSlam, but probably like a mid tier pay per view. I just feel like they could have built up this Miz Bryan match here and Bryan's return match that would have been that would have been amazing. I still think this is going to be great, but I. God, I would have loved to see Miz Bryan at this. Well, you know it's coming. It has to happen. I know. Now. I want to see it like WrestleMania. And I feel like next year, as long as Bryan doesn't get injured, he'll have moved. I, I hope he will have moved on to bigger things than Miz at WrestleMania. Well, you do know if, um, let's say, Shane and Daniel Bryan win, Kevin Owens and Sam Zanier are going to go to Raw. Theoretically, Raw had to send somebody to SmackDown. And that's where you'll get the return of the Miz, and you'll yep. get people tuning in to SmackDown for the Miz Daniel Bryan feud again. That's ratings right there, and you'll make it that Extreme Rules or at Battleground or Payback or Money in the Bank or whatever useless pay per view is in between. This is SummerSlam, which which sucks because I feel like God. I mean, just seeing that match in front of ninety thousand people. It doesn't make sense waiting a year to do it. So you know they're going to throw it out. But I feel like seeing that match in front of 90,000 people would have been, I just would have been awesome. But I still think this is going to be cool. What do you guys know about this Shane McMahon injury? Is it is it actually, is it all storyline or is there any reality to it? I think that there is a bit of truth to it. I don't know about staph infection. If he had a genuine staph infection, there's no freaking way they'd even let him in there. Like, let alone, you know, the 30-day rule. Staph infection's pretty serious. I don't think they really added staph infection. But, yeah, you know, it, it could be true. It could be wrong. I don't want to insult the man and call him a liar, but this is wrestling. Well, this is not, this is not the Shane McMahon from Attitude Era. He is older. Yeah. 
Hell and, yeah. And, and the like, little kind of action that you get with uh, uh, with uh, Rome, not Roman, shit, that's raw. Uh, with Kevin Owens, his name is Zane, with the chair action, and you've seen where he got hit, thrown in the back, backstage. That That looked like it really was painful for him. So I do think that the injury is it, I, I could say it's both storyline and real, but when you're at that age that Shane's at, any fucking thing that you get thrown onto is going to hurt. It's I believe crazy, about right? the hernia. You, I believe the hernia part. The hernia is insane. Like, it's insane, right? Because you think the way this match has to go naturally is everything builds up to Brian getting tagged in, right? So you think Shane needs to take be in the match for the vast majority of the time, you'd think. Maybe they don't go about doing it like that, but I just it's weird, right? Because they didn't really acknowledge that he was injured at all, but everything you read on the internet is like, the guy is dealing with a lot. So I just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Like, normally, Shame if it, it was storyline, they'd be playing it up. But the fact that they didn't play it up at all makes me wonder if it is more real than fake. Shane McMahon is the Terminator. You can't keep that man down. Well. That brings us now to the grand finale. AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. I was far more interested in the dynamic between AJ and Nakamura. I like this whole like, oh, I'm about to hit you. No, I'm not. Pat you on the head. I like that. I like that stuff. It actually very much reminds me of the Karate Kid when uh, Mr. Miyagi's going up to uh, break the Cobra Kai master's nose. And instead, he goes honk honk. I like that. I like that bit. They're just messing with each other without truly disrespecting each other. Uh, poor Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin just kind of got used, but they put on a good match. They didn't help them at all because they don't have a match at WrestleMania, but they put on a very good match. I thought this was a good way to end SmackDown. Mm. Mm. I can say this. Uh, I want the old Shelton Benjamin back. I want the Shelton Benjamin that beat Triple H three times and almost beat him for the fourth time for the WWE Championship. I want that Shelton Benjamin match. I want Chad Gable to get the hell out of the WWE. I hate that tag team. Shelton Benjamin is just a replacement for Jason Jordan. Get them separated. Shelton needs to be a single competitor. AJ, Shinsuke Nakamura. That sells by That's what it's all about. you don't need that tag team. Yes, it's building up stories. You can have Shinsuke and Nakamura. Yeah, you gonna have Shinsuke and Nakamura as the same douchebag. You gonna have AJ and Shinsuke. You just have both of them just sit in the ring each other and eat noodles and cheeseburgers, and that will sell better than this freaking tag team match. I did watch this tag team match. It was on YouTube, but I did watch, and I was like, uh, I want my old Shelton Benjamin back. But you ain't gonna get ain't no stopping me now. You ain't stopping me. Ain't stopping you. Ain't stopping me. I think the biggest problem. I think like the biggest issue with uh, Chad Gable and Benjamin is that when you had uh, Jason Jordan with Gable, a lot of people wanted to see Shelton Benjamin come back and you know mentor them. The fact that they replaced Jason Jordan with Shelton, ben- Shelton Benjamin completely threw off that dynamic, and now he feels like an actor that steps into a sitcom in its last season, and nobody really cares for it. Even though they may mm-hmm. like the actor, it just doesn't work. Like that 70s show, its last year without Eric Foreman. You, I mean, you kind of like the new guy, but 
it wasn't Eric. So you lost interest and that was a wrap. I think that's the problem. That's the biggest issue that Benjamin uh, has been needing to overcome. It probably is time to nuke this tag team, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, to speak on that tag team quickly, right. I feel like it's, I, the breaking up of Jordan and Gable was like, I mean, we're only really up on the main roster for like four months. Like, and especially where I'd love to see tag team wrestling make a bit of a comeback. And I think they were like, they were a great tag team. I mean, I wish they hadn't broken them up. It is what it is. I mean, they basically just replaced Jason Jordan with an older Jason Jordan. So, I, I mean, it is what it is. I think Shinsuke Styles to me is like the real non celebrity, non Daniel Bryan returning real main event of this show. Right. Like this is, um, I just think it's going to be great. I think the build hasn't been perfect, but I think there's also something to be said for the fact that they didn't ruin it, right? This hasn't been over uh, uh, complicated. It's just about the two of them are both really good. I think um, when you look at this match, you wish a little bit, you know, that they hadn't pulled Shinsuke off exponentially in the summer by having him lose to Jinder Mahal during that failed experiment. And I think if you just had erased that moment in time, um, and this was Shinsuke's first time going for the title, this would really be great. And so I hope they learn from some mistakes they made there. Um, but all in all, I mean, you can fully recover from that here. And, I, you know, this, I hope this is the start of what is a long-term, you know, kind of every couple of years feud between these guys. I think this is just, this is just going to be awesome. I just hope they give them like 25 to 30 minutes, which I imagine they will since the show is like, Basically, I think starts tomorrow, which is <laughs> thirty hours long. So I'm sure they'll have thirty minutes. No, the whole thing. Hall of Fame. Right. Hof 2018. Goldberg's going in, people. Well, guys, with that start comes our end. Any last thoughts, gentlemen? I have a yeah, WrestleMania spoiler. Lay it on him, J Dash. I know everyone's looking forward to WrestleMania, and everyone thinks WrestleMania's going to go perfectly to plan with Asuka winning the women's title, Nia Jax winning the women's title, Shinsuke Nakamura winning the WWE, Roman Reigns winning the other WWE, and supposedly The Undertaker making his debut after countless of weekends of no shows. I'm going to throw in the curveball here, and here is the main curveball, and people are wondering... The WWE always has little segments in between matches where some legends come back, like The Rock is rumored to be returned. I'm not saying that that's the big shocker that uh, you want to look forward to, but I do expect a return of a major WWE superstar that is not The Undertaker. Unfortunately, it's not CM Punk. I wish it was CM Punk, but it's not going to be CM Punk. I do expect that Braun Strowman's partner is either going to be these three individuals. It's either going to be Elias or Rey Mysterio or Batista. Even though Batista won't make it give it a pop, it will make it a kind of, you know, he's back, yeah, yeah. But if you really want a pop, stick in some Chris Jericho in there somewhere. Or, hell, Have The Rock come in the main event and screw Brock uh, 
Brock Lesnar in the match, and we may be hyping up a Brock versus Rock moment for next year. I've been reading a lot of rumors things, and a lot of people have been kind of interested. But Rey Mysterio, Batista, or uh, shit, I just lost his name again. The Rock, those three guys, I think are going to make his <laughs> debut at WrestleMania. And you know, the WWE, they will try to throw a wrench into something. So expect uh, Carmella to either win the woman's title or go after the other woman's title, like beating Nia Jax. So that's my final thought. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, my, my only closing thing is I might be the only person in the world rooting for this, but I think it would be really funny if The Undertaker just actually didn't show up and there wasn't a match. So I'm secretly rooting for that. Uh, other than that, I'm just excited to watch the show. All right. Well, I guess this brings the show to an end. Remember to follow us on at XF Podcast, at XF Podcast, and at Wrestling Movie G, at Wrestling Movie G. This has been Just Bring It Wrestle Talk. Remember to watch WrestleMania this weekend and join us next week. This is the Wrestling Movie Guy signing off. Jay Dash is with me and our new guest of the week. What was your name again, my good man? Uh, he disconnected. Oh, he literally... son of a... Damn. I know he's still. I know he's listening, and thank you, sir, for coming on. Uh, you are excellent, us, dude. Do us a favor. Uh, I, I'm up to him enjoying the program every week. That was pretty cool. Three. Um, oh, a little getting a little kinky there. A little three way action. Um, Ooh. The more intel, the more info, the more because I know the WrestleMania show after. I know we have to do more than just an hour, dude. There's gonna be so much shit to talk about. Um. Uh, but 301 Erico, who just called the show, thank you. Uh, do us a favor, either DM the Wrestling Movie Guy on Twitter or myself, and we may want to bring you back in the future show. But besides from that, he's 301 Erico, which is Los Angeles area, so he is from Compton, I guarantee it, or Beverly Hills, or he uh, – Whatever, he's from L.A. That's the 301 area code region. So thank you, sir. Uh, I guarantee he goes to a lot of WWE events. Lucky little bastard. And we appreciate him <laughs> calling it from such a long distance. But, yeah, but thank you. From the West Coast to the East Coast, I have nothing else, sir. Let's get ready for WrestleMania. Oh, I just remember one other thing. Remember, guys, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please do us a favor. If you got the time, if not, it's all good. But if you could... Please leave us a five-star review. The more people write down five-star reviews, the more people will listen. We can build this audience, guys. So, with that said, yes, this is the end. This is the end, my friends. We'll see you on the other side after WrestleMania. <gasps> Goodbye. I'm going to miss you all. I'm touching myself tonight. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego.